Hey, it's good to be here on the Urantia Radio Podcast, and we are well into the uh, month of January, and, and, and my goodness, time flies. I, I hope that you and the people that you love have had a good holiday. It's been a rough ride. We have a, a little bit ways to go. Uh, I'm feeling more optimistic about things just in the general sense because as someone who uh, is uh, doing a lot of observing as you, you're seeing that uh, maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel on this pandemic, which has uh, ooh, uh, pretty much uh, brought humanity to a halt in many respects. But um, the good news is, is the most highs rule in the kingdoms of men. And I'm hoping that this Omicron is a, a kiss, a bless, a blessing from uh, God, because if we can get past this period where people are living in absolute fear, then I, I think we have a chance to sort of get some of our momentum back. Uh, but it is a travesty to see so many things that are happening around the world uh, with people who are clearly in charge, who are just fearful of making the wrong decision. Uh, we've learned a lot from the pandemic uh, from a societal point of view. And we've learned that human beings are not really wired very well to stay indoors and, and be unproductive. And that's one of the lessons I've learned. For a while there, it was kind of nice. Everybody was taking kind of a, a little bit of a vacation, really, because we could step back and relax and enjoy and just not be too concerned about, you know, if your lifestyle was capable of, of being that way. But, um, you know... I'm also speaking from a perspective where my children have grown and they're on doing their own things, where there might be a lot of people who are listening that have young children, and then it's a whole new set of, of issues. So no, no question this has been a trying time. I thought about talking a little bit about the solar eclipse that I've talked about in previous episodes and the interesting Urantia book aspect of this, and, I, and if I haven't shared it with you before... Um, there's an episode that I did before, and I think I wrote an article about it called Sign of the Times. And a mutual Urantia book friend of mine pointed out to me, this was several years back, that there are two different eclipses that are coming, or one that came in 2017 on the date of Jesus' birthday, and then another one that came, or that is coming, and set to uh, travel across North America, uh, this eclipse it's a lunar eclipse so it blocks out the sun and it uh, is set to occur on april 9th 2024 which if you're a urantia book student you happen to remember that's the day that jesus resurrects so there's two eclipses they both occur on significant dates from the urantia book his birth and his resurrection and what adds a little mystery to this is that they the, these two seven-year-apart eclipses uh, have a conjunction or an intersection, really, a perpendicular uh, intersection, which covers the cross that sits in southern Illinois, just outside the Shawnee National Forest. What adds intrigue to this is that, you know, there's a lot of things that the Arantia book mentions, and it just happens to mention a prophet from the Shawnee Indian tribe, <laughs> It doesn't mention it like it's a big deal, but it's part of a narrative 
where it talks about profit. So there's so many different Urantia tie-ins to this this solar eclipse that's coming, and I just continually find it fascinating. Uh, not that I want to spend much more time talking about it in this particular episode, but it's just it's to me we're in the middle of a period. It feels like we're in the middle of a period. Uh, oftentimes, I, I wonder if we're in the middle of a dispensational period. But I don't have any concrete evidence, and I'm not one. I'm not a big end of worlder type of person. End of world type of person. When I I've been I have been doing a lot of reading on papers 30, 31, 32. And that sort of kept me grounded and not getting distracted by all the, the bad news that's going on in the world and dealing with the pandemic. And the reason I say that is because one of the aspects of the Arantia book that's really fascinating to me is that it tells us what, what the end is all about for us. Like, it tells us what our ultimate goal is. So there's really two two ultimate goals. There's the ultimate goal of the planet, which is one planet in a system that's in a uh, constellation that's ultimately in a universe, and one of seven universes, which comprises God's creation. So there's the ultimate goal of the planet, which is to achieve light and life, where every inhabitant has evolved progressively, intellectually, spiritually, to a point where we have har- harmony in our societies. Now, I don't know what that world is going to look like. That is the utopia of maybe 10, 100,000 years in the future. And I'm, I'm going to make such a small contribution to that, only in the sense that if I, you know, try in my own time and age, live in harmony with my fellow people. You know, to that end, I can help further uh, uh, my myself and my er, immediate surroundings along towards that age of light and life that the Arantia book says is to be expected for our planet. Eventually, we will reach an age of brotherhood. There will be peace, peace on earth. The New Jerusalem will come down in, 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 in allegorical tales as outlined in the book of Revelations. There will be a period where Michael will come back. I know that there will be a period when Melchizedek will show, and perhaps even Adam and Eve. We've talked about that. We've talked about that future age. It could be a thousand years from now. It could be ten thousand years from now. It can be whenever it's going to be. We know that eventually we'll get to that seventh stage of uh, the mortal epics that the Arantia book talks about. But then there's the other destiny. There's the destiny of the individual. The destiny that starts here, but it actually ends when we embrace God in paradise as a, as a member of the core of the finality. And this is what's sort of discussed in, in paper 30, 31, 32. And it breaks down sort of the destiny for all the different personality forms that exist in the universe. So we're not the only ones on this ascendancy trail. We're not the only ones that are perfecting. Seraphim are perfecting, cherubim are perfecting, midwayers, permanent citizens, the unification of the of the uh, constellation worlds. 
Even to a certain degree, the material Adam and Eve's are perfecting. We're all ascending. There's descending, those who lead us into the other direction where we're ascending. And human, me- human beings comprise a big part of that picture. So what's the end result? of? Uh, so we know that the destiny of the planet is towards the era of light and life. But what's the end to the soul, the individual soul, that eventually merges with the Spirit of God, that, that light, that lights in us, the, the one that endows us. You know, when they talk about you're endowed by Creator, it's that endowment that survives. It's that en- endowment that makes it possible for you and I to survive the material life form. And that's what the Arantia book tells us. But what's the end destiny? And, and, and I might share some of this with you because it's just such great writing. But I want to also see if I can take what I've read and, 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 and paint a, a really interesting picture. So, taking a step back, the Arantia book says that eventually we embrace God the Father. It's a long, ascendant road. But what happens after that? Well, at this time... The present universe is comprised of you know, several different locales, what they call super-universes. And they all sort of spin around uh, the central universe, which is Havona. And Havona, which sounds like heaven, Havona was created in a moment of time, long before the other universes appeared. Havona came into existence existence at the t- same time that the infinite spirit came into existence existence in fact the the Havona universes the one billion perfected spheres fears that are all inhabited by personality beings came into existence as a repercussion of the 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 completion of the trinity So think about what it would take for the real Big Bang when all of a sudden a billion perfect spheres come into existence as a repercussion of the completion of God the Father, God the Son, and now God the Spirit. So that's the central universe that all of these other universes in the present day circle around. But guess what? Outside of this seven universe spinning around a central universe outside of this area is energy we see it Andromeda is looking away from the center Andromeda is looking outward towards the edge our world is on the edge periphery of this grand universe that's why when you look away from the central universe away from the Milky Way which is our own central universe that circles around Havona, like seven wheels that spin counterclockwise around this central wheel. And within that central wheel is paradise, the Isle of Paradise. That's our immediate destiny. We're heading inward towards God. That's where his residential uh, area is. Not that he's not in us, but that's where his, the Isle of Paradise, that's the beginning. So, What's beyond the the known universe now is emerging energy. 
Someday all that energy is going to be the same as our present universe. It's going to be filled with stars, nebula, stars, planets, places where life evolves. And those worlds are going to need spiritual leaders, advisors, teachers, comforters, ones who have been there and they understand what it's like to start as an evolutionary mortal and descend into paradise. And then God sends us back as teachers and ministers in this this soon-to-be-populated outer ring that circles the current present universe. That, in a nutshell, is what the core of, of the finality is. And you and me and everybody else that lives on this planet that manages to survive resurrection when our earthly life is done, this is what we're told is the destiny, the immediate destiny. So we know the earth's destiny, and now you know the individual destiny, which is to gain as much knowledge and wisdom and spiritual insight and intellectual knowledge in this long journey towards God, towards the embrace of the Father, experientially gaining every prerequisite that can possibly exhaust itself in our lives. And then we take all of that knowledge and, the, and that wisdom and we're redirected outward to attend to the emerging life that's even now starting to take shape. Let me read to you now from paper 31 And this is section 10 called The Ultimate Adventure. And I'll sort of jump in here where it starts to talk about what I've been referring to, about the future of us, you and me, where the Divine Counselor writes, There actually is a vast and new system of universes gradually organizing in the domains of outer space. New orders of physical creations, enormous and gigantic circles, of swarming universes upon universes, far out beyond the present bounds of the peopled and organized creations are actually visible through your telescopes. At present, these outer creations are wholly physical, and they are apparently uninhabited and seem to be devoid of creature administration. Isn't that amazing? So when we're looking out towards the more sparse areas away from the central universe, perhaps even away from our own central Milky Way perception where we're looking into the central universe, we're looking at we're looking inward. We're looking towards the 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 beginnings of creation filled with life. We're looking towards life. But when we're looking outward, what does it say? Uh, we're looking outward where It's wholly physical. They're apparently uninhabited. And they seem to be devoid of creature administration. There's nobody there. It's just energy. So we pick up, For ages upon ages there continues the unexplained and wholly mysterious paradise mobilization of the perfected and ascended beings of time and space in association with the six other finaliter core six other, and I mentioned, alluded to this, that we're not the only ones in this ascension race. We're not the only ones that are ascending. There are other forms of of existence. For example, the midwayers, uh, 
the cherubim, the cherubim, other forms of personality, spiritual beings who are also ascending just like us mortal creatures. It says, concomitantly with these transactions, the supreme person of deity, which is, of course, God, is powerizing as the almighty sovereign of the super creations. So God is even thinking ahead as to what our plan is. And it reads here from 31 paragraph or section 10, paragraph 20. Evolutionary mortals are born on the planets of space. They pass through the Marancha worlds, ascend the spirit universes, traverse the Havona spheres, find God, attain paradise, and are mustered into the primary core of the finality, therein to await the next assignment of universe service. There are six other assembling finality core, but Grand Fonda, Grand Fonda, the first mortal ascender, presides as the paradigm chief of all orders of finaliters. Grand Fonda was a one-time human being, a mortal just like ourselves. He was the first mortal ascender. He was the first breakthrough. And as we, and by the way, that was my commentary, and as we, and they continue, as we view this sublime spectacle, we all exclaim, what a glorious destiny for the animal origin children of time, the material sons of space, exclamation point. Then it concludes, the authors giving themselves the credit, jointly sponsored by a divine counselor and one without name and number, uh, one without name and number, I believe, are ascendant one-time humans, human beings. And it was authorized to function by the Ancients of Days on Uversa, which, of course, commissioned this book. And so there you have it, the depiction of our future as individuals. And that comes after spending, you know, three successive weekends really pondering what's what's being stated in you know, the the end of part one of the Arantia book. And I hope I've conveyed the, the essence of that message. I always tell people that the reason I do these podcasts is because I want to introduce people who don't know much about the Arantia book to get a, a better uh, sort of sense of what the Arantia book says and what it offers. Then you can kind of make a determination if you want to continue its study. It's a wonderful book. It's a revelation. Uh, many who believe the Urantia book is the epical revelation of our time, and it's opening the door to new discovery on our history and our spirituality and our intellectual growth and our uh, societal progression. And those are the things that the Urantia book really shines a light on. So until next time, thank, thank you again for joining me on the Urantia Radio Podcast. Uh, again, you can always email me, Jim. And the email address is urantiabookradio at gmail.com, urantiabookradio at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you soon.